Good evening and welcome to the Midnight Movie Review, part of the Heroes Asylum podcast. I am Thanatos Kane. Nice to see you guys again. And as always, I am here with my ever-confident, the captain, the man of this ship, the guy who makes everything sound good and clear, my buddy, my pal, Mr. Captain Mike. Captain Mike, how are you doing, sir? Hola! Happy uh, Batman Day, for those of us that don't know that. Yeah, we're doing this on Saturday, Batman Day, so... I am rocking my uh, ever uh, ever popular Nightwing shirt, and I am rocking the uh, Dark Knight Returns. One of my actually, if you know me very well, and as Captain Mike does, my favorite Batman version of all time. So, yeah, kind of weird that we're on this day that we do we the Midnight Movie Review on Batman Day. We're doing what a Superman movie, yeah. but that's what we that's how we do things here at the Silent. That's we don't right. follow any kind of conventional kind of means and we are doing a controversial movie which depends on which side of the spectrum you're on you either love this movie or you absolutely hate it it is man of steel that came out in 2013 starring henry cavill who is one of my favorite supermen by the way and before we start i gotta say you know when i first saw this movie i was um i was a fairly big hater on superman i'm not gonna lie about that we have talked about it a lot but I think after watching this movie and then, you know, re- reading some of the recommendations that you recommended for me, I gained a new appreciation for the Man of Steel and just seeing him in a different light because this version, you know, is unlike the hopeful, optimistic, you know, I wink, I save a cat in the tree Superman. This is more grounded. This is more like, you know, he questions himself if he's a messiah or not. You know, should he do these things? Should he, you know, should he save this this person or that? You know, it's just a lot of different questions was brought upon this movie. And um, what are your thoughts about this, Captain? No, I mean, you're right. I, to me, this was a major change from the Boy Scout. Because if you think the last Superman we had before this was Superman Returns, and that was really a nod to... The Christopher Reeves, you know, Donner Superman, mm. you know, they, they found Brandon Routh to look very similar to Christopher Reeves. And they was basically the third of the trilogy. It was supposed to pick up after, you know, Superman two. So we, it was still that boy scout in a way. And in and, and that one, you know, he did have some, some darker drama he had to deal with, you know, the, the loss of, you know, his love of, you know, his little, you know, love of a lifetime, you know, Lois Lane. And then the re- realization of what he, you know, that, that the world didn't need him. So there was a little bit heavier on that one, but this one yeah, definitely took that, that boy scout feel and just like pushed it to the side and very heavy. What you had said about the Messiah part. There's a lot in this movie that, leads to or lends to that messiah that we all talk about with superman but i think for i think for a lot of people it kind of frightened them because like oh well he thinks he's sort of like this judaism christ type figure but if you think about it it makes a lot of sense you know if you're a guy and you're dropped on earth you're born with all these powers what do you do you know and it it questions a lot of things and as we do the watch along you'll see you know, my opinions on this movie, because I, I think this movie is great. I, I, I've told you many, many times and I'm a huge Batman fan, but this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's for it, mine, it too. It is right up there. I just I love everything about it. I went to the theater for the, when I first saw it for the first time and I was there, you know, because as I watch movies alone, I'm very, you know, single guy. Hit me up sometime. Thanatos Kane at Instagram. But uh, 
But this is one of those movies that just, you know, it wasn't, you know, majorly advertised. It was like, okay, it's Man of Steel. Okay, but what is it about? Oh, it is about Superman. Okay, because they don't know that Superman's one pseudo names is the Man of Steel, the Man of Tomorrow. And I loved it. Everything about it from the beginning to the end, it just, it, it spoke to me, still does today. And I will defend this movie to the death. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, when I think back, I don't remember knowing much about going into this at all. Uh, was I, I, the, the, the movie was still a mystery to me going in. Because you were right, the trailers didn't didn't say much, didn't give you much no. to to go off of, other than you know, like I said, you know, we are we we are in the know, so we knew what Man of Steel meant. Now, the only thing about the trailers that I knew is they had, like the special effects for the, him flying had like just dramatically changed. Yeah, like, I, I'm used to like the Donner version where you see him in the in the background, you know, floating on strings. And then, you know, the Return of Superman had you know, a little bit different thing, but this one was totally different. It actually showed him just taking off and the ground shaking underneath. Just a lot of good things, but um, before we go into it, let's just let's just start. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, I'm going to cue mine up. You got ready on yours? I am ready, sir. So I guess we'll count down from three, two, one, and go. And I have to tell you, probably one of the cooler things about this movie was how they changed the WB logo right off the bat. That just that tells you right right off the bat what kind of feel you're going to be getting off of this. Yep, it's a very and the music, by the way, by Hans Zimmer is just on point. I mean, you can't replace John Williams, but you know, close. this was one of those first movies I started realizing and and like listening to what what who Hans Zimmer was. And then when you go back and actually look at his, his history and his library, you're just, you're just a spot on a maze of how many movies he's really done. Done a lot. I, I, I equate him not so much as a John Williams, but more as a, uh, a Michael Kamen. Or, uh, you know what, composer. you know what he is to me? And I've heard somebody say it. He's like the rockier version of John Williams. Well, that that's Michael Kamen. Kamen was is more well, of a Kamen was good yeah. too, but I think Zimmer like Zimmer is more of a rock star. If you look at his live concert, oh, yeah. I wish I could go to. Now here we have the be the birth of Superman, which is totally different if you've ever watched the Donner version. Well, I mean, this goes more into to the true origin of superman that you know they were he was the first natural you know natural born on their planet and what i do love is i love the the uh the robots the helper robots very very reminiscent yes of, of what they actually had in the comic books during like the 80s yeah uh actress here i can never i always mess her name up but the last one i last movie i can think of her in i think she was in inferno with uh tom hanks Yep, you're right. Yeah, it was really good, really good actress. I I, I re remember seeing her in this, and then seeing her in Inferno, and I I thought she just did such a more powerful, you know, actress here. You know, her her moments, but again, her moments are very somber. Yeah, but she has a lot of weight to it, and of course, if you don't recognize that bearded, long-haired guy, that is the Gladiator himself, Russell Crowe. Yes, who I thought, you know, to me, Jor El is always going to be Marlon Brando. But this movie, this is the Joel. I'm like, oh man, I want to see a prequel about Joel. Like, oh, there's death. Death from a uh, supernatural. That is Julius Richards. Yeah. 
It was great when I saw him and I was like, oh, hey, holy crap. Yeah, that's what I said. It's dead. Now, it's funny. is uh, Henry Cavill and uh, Russell Crowe had met years before when Henry was just breaking into the modeling and acting. And Russell did gave him, you know, a, a nice little nod. You know, hey, just keep up, keep up your work. I love the costume design of Jor El. And here he is. Oh. Next to Terrence Stamp, I just, uh, they're both. They're both, it's, it's. It's different Jor-El's. It, it, it's, it's like different time periods. You have, you can't really compare, but they're both on, they're both on par. I think Terrence Stamp was more the dramatic side of uh, that, Zod. I this would say also psychological. More, He's more psychological. This one's, this yeah. This one is more militant. He's more yeah. straight edge. He's more to the point. And again, I feel to me he's more the, the Zod that we know in, in the comic books. Zod was always the, the, the soldier. This is so good. See, this shows the side of Jor-El that, hey, you know, he's a scientist, but he could fight, too. Yeah, he's not, he's not going to mess around. Yeah, he gonna, he... I love the special effects with these robots. Do they actually show the visual faces? Like, yeah, hey. the, the uh, special effects directors were, were basically saying what they were was the, the concept behind the special effects was that they, they were uh, basically like steel beads that were controlled under a magnetic force field. And that's kind of what the that was the thought process behind making that. This shot is amazing of Krypton, because you know in the original version when we saw Krypton, it was basically it was already dying. Like we saw it from afar, it was an ice. Yeah, planet. it was a big ice. We, planet, we didn't yeah. see much of it. When I saw this, I'm like, oh my, can we see a prequel of this? <laughs> now what's cool is if you look in the background, you'll see uh, Wekthar, which is a moon that has been exploded around Krypton. And you know, you should you should see it in like in the background, uh, high yeah. in the sky, and it's and it's a moon. It's actually one of the like one of the older stories and myths of Krypton that this moon was where they went to try to to resource, you know, get more resources from them. Now, and uh, and that's one of the causes for the planet having its issues. Now, when did the Codex come into play as far as comics? Because I don't remember that at all. Codex was always there. It was it was whether they wanted to use it or not was the big was the big one because it would sometimes it would be referenced because and other I, times it wouldn't be. I thought that was one of the cooler parts of this movie. It was like okay, you know what? There's not a lot of natural births on Krypton. It's basically hey, you're born to be a general. You're born to be a farmer. You're born to right. be a doctor. It's just like before you're even born, you're premeditated to be what you're going to be. 
Well, they always the, they always talked about Kryptonians having a caste system. That was always something that was there. I think that's something that Krypton, that TV series, which sadly got canceled, was doing pretty well for a while. Yeah. I just love the Matrix feel about Krypton. <laughs> I like how somebody mentioned that the Codex looked very similar to Brainiac's ship and that somehow Brainiac was involved in the birth of all this stuff. I was I thought it was fascinating. It doesn't make any sense yeah. to me, but, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, yeah, the Codex has been something that was kind of, like, used here and there because there was always a place where the DNA was always stored because that's how they would use and, and create their create their children is they would use this DNA. Um, I think this one really delved into it a lot more than... Oh, yeah, a lot more. You know, the, ma the main story. You know, my favorite space movies, sci-fi movies, are the ones that, you know... You know, we've talked about the, the prequels, how they're so glossy and so pretty looking, and I've always liked the space stories that are, like, rugged and just worn in, and this movie kind of captures that. It's just like, hey, you know, it, the technology's more advanced than ours, but hey, but the world has been worn in. It's it's going to it's gonna blow up soon. There's that moon, by the way. Yeah. Yep. What I loved about how they showed Krypton is it... It was a, an amalgamy of technology, but yet they relied still on the yeah. planet itself. You know, it was it was something like I think the, one of the the mythologies for like uh, the predators. Yeah, if yeah, you look exactly. at aliens versus predators, they're very extremely technology, but they stay in a class system. But it, to be the top dog, you got to bring somebody down. It still goes back to, to the primal urges. Yeah, the beginning of Alien versus Predator, I think it was Requiem, probably the best part of the movie, was when he saw the Predator on that planet by himself, and he's just scouting, and he sees what's going on, and he leaves, and that planet is basically his, because he's wiped out everything on that planet. He's so good as Jor-El. He just adds... Yeah, he was, like, he yeah. He just adds so much. Like, people bitched about, like, later on what happens in the film, like, you know, his other versions of him, but I'd had no problem with that, because I was like, you know, give me more. Yeah. Like, even his mom in the short scenes that he's in, it just adds that weight, that levity. That's what I mean. I, I, I liked her in when she was in Inferno, but this, and she was in this for so little time, but her character and what she's talking about, there's, like I said, there's that somberness about her, that there's a heaviness to her character, and she and they play there's it a, perfect. There's a weight, and, and they know. It's just like, people had issues. I don't understand the issues with this movie. I Me either. One of those things where it's like, it's like a big... It's like a big change. It's almost like when you see somebody for a while for like, oh, this is the way that person is. And the next day he comes in and he's totally different. You can't yeah. accept that. And I think this is what happened. It was like a shock. I think it was a like, oh, this is not. I think it was a shock. Yes. Oh, I think it was a shock. But I honestly, what I think it was was the social media. This is probably one of the first times we actually saw social media have an impact on the opinion, on big the opinion of something, oh just like, and I, I'm sure I'm going to get some comments from somebody down the road, but the same thing that happened with, with last Jedi, you and I, we enjoyed last, last Jedi, but I think the hatred of it, and I've seen so many Facebook groups out there that all they are, are groups that bash. They don't promote and go, Hey, you know, this was cool. Let me, show, let me talk about this. No, they are constantly ripping apart star Wars, star Trek, just making fun of it. I'm like, are you guys even trying to do something positive or productive in in this community? They're not enjoying no. it. It's just like you you don't accept it for yep. what it is. And what kills me 
is like for years they were like, oh, The Force Awakens is basically a, a rewrite of New Hope. And then you get something totally different. They're like, oh, yeah. this is not Star Wars. I'm like, you can't yeah. win. And I think that, like I said, I think a lot of the hatred that came with this was from that. Unwillingness to accept yeah. change. And, and, I, and here, I, I, I'm 45 years old. I grew up on Superman. If there's anybody out there that should be unacceptable to make the change, it's, it's me. It's you. you. You are the target audience that should hate this movie. Yep, there he is. Oh, Jarrell's dressed there like a is. badass. But it's it's funny about this argument because they're both right. Zod is right. So is Jarrell. Yeah, there's yeah. They both have they both have legitimate they both arguments. Have a point. <laughs> They both have legitimate arguments, and that's what I like about the you know Zod. He's just like, he's not really an asshole. He's just like, hey, you know, we got to move on. Ah, it's crushing. I just like how they showed Joel that hey, you know what, I'm gonna be a scientist, but I can fight. He's not the regalness of uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah, He's no. A yeah, Jor-El. and that's what I like about this. Is you know, I think this is another complaint a lot of people had. It was like, no, I, I, I came in to watch a Superman movie. I don't want to watch a Krypton movie. That that was a couple of complaints. With I this. did, but that's the thing. I, I didn't mind it. I was like, okay, you know, I want to see where he. Comes yeah, from. this is a true origin story, and this makes Superman in the long run a, a stronger and richer character because you understand. Maybe not where he specifically gets his his opinions about things, but where his bloodline is. You know, his you know you you have but that genetic thing, thing that goes down. Is, you know about the villain's intentions. He's not a mustache twirling villain. This guy has a legitimate reason. And who are the best villains in, in movies? The ones who think they're the hero. Zod thinks he's the hero. This is so powerful, this moment right here. And the music, man. It's, ugh. 
If none of you have ever listened to Hans Zimmer, hopefully after this you will start listening to him because he's fantastic. Again, same thing we kind of talked. We talked about this with Star Wars. You know, if it wasn't for John Williams, I don't think Star Wars would be as amazing. It would be a great movie. I, I think the same thing with it's this. Like, we, if without Han, it's, a, it's, a, it's it's another character in the movie. Is the music? It adds. It just. And I have to tell you, it's not this movie, but it's um the the movie after this, uh, Batman versus Superman. The in the the one the one piece of music that created a tone and told you about a one character in that movie was the the, the Wonder Woman theme. Yes. That one piece of music it tells you everything you need to know about that character. Something somehow that music translated that it was this is an older character but a badass. Like it comes from a you know there was something. Character. It was yeah. just two two things about it that just you know, and I, and I love that, and that's when I was like, okay, Hans Hans got it where where it counts. She, Hans Zimmer made Wonder Woman popular before her own solo. Movie. Yeah, yeah, just because just just theme. with that freaking theme. I remember that uh, one of our mutual friends, I think one night when we were at the Winchester, I actually played us in the jukebox, and she was like, and she's like maybe like a fair weather person for these movies and everything, and she's like, it's Wonder Woman theme, right? I'm like, yeah. Music adds a lot to a film, especially the films like these. So, I love that look on Zod's face, by the way. And the thing about this court trial, Zod is right. Zod is yep. right. He's not wrong. Zod has every right to be like this. These idiots are stupid. <laughs> I love Michael Shannon, man. I will find him. Love that line. so good. I don't know about the flying penis. Yeah, I, that was one thing that like threw me off. Uh, eh. Trying to remember what it what it reminded me of. Uh, oh, it oh it was um, uh, Riddick, uh, the second Riddick, the the second uh, pitch black movie. It, it had that kind of design and feel when they were taken off. And I love these ships. These remind me so much of the Black mm -hmm. Adam, like that. That is something that's ripped right out of the comic books. Now these, are, this was a uh, Goyer too. I mean, and he was yeah Goyer. He yeah. was a big part. I mean, you know, Snyder and Goyer. You know, Snyder did the you know did primarily a lot of it, but Goyer was was around for um, the Dark Knight. Actually, was where yeah. this started. Actually, like kind of like getting in its infancy that they were trying to build a connected yeah. universe, but I think the 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 production and their post-production took a little bit longer or the pre-production took a little bit longer so they weren't able to link it up like they wanted to and the destruction of krypton is complete it's kind of amazing you know not even 20 minutes into this movie we've had a lot of stuff go on oh yeah no. and just and that was again like i was saying that that was the first the 20, 20, 20 minutes, minutes. <laughs> yeah 20 minutes just in krypton and that was some you know a couple of the people were like oh 
Why am I not on Earth yet? I need to... Like, like Superman hasn't even shown up yet. In 20 yeah. minutes, we got the origin of Superman. Like, just like that. We have the reason. We have the, the villain's motive. And here you have the Man of Tomorrow landing in Kansas. It's like you have everything within 20 minutes. Yep. Now we go to bearded Henry Cavill working on a sea ship. I saw some people complain about this. So like, you know, why is he on a ship? Why is he like in a beard? Like, what's up with that? Like, to me, it's a guy. He's questioning himself. He yeah, doesn't know where he lost. fits in the world. He has no clue. Well, we don't know yet, but you know, later on we find out, you know, it was dad. You know, his dad was like, yeah. no, you have to, you can't do this. So he's like, well, what, I have to hide. And guess what? I don't know if anybody's watched any like the 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 uh, the you know the the big tuna fish you know the big tuna shows or whatever. They those guys are really hiding. <laughs> Nobody knows who they are. Yeah, and it makes sense. He doesn't know about the world. He wants to see what's it about. So Henry, <laughs> this was is ridiculous uh, when he to to train for this. He went through. God, this is just crazy. The food he would eat. Um, he went like extremely like difficult calorie restriction diet in training regimen. He would take five thousand uh, to nearly uh, fifteen hundred for six weeks, like calories. Wasn't it five one thousand protein shake drinks? Yeah, drank something a day? That's a day, day. Yeah, he went down to seven percent body fat, which is like basically a bodybuilder in his prime, like ready for competition. Like that's just that's just it. And they were, and there was arguments of whether to shave his chest. Nah. And I uh, and he no. he he kind of he kind of pushed back on that to, he to said say no yeah. because yeah. because it, had, it has more realism to it. Every, every man has a hairy chest. Yeah. Once you shave it. I love that he wears the necklace of his uh his crest on there. I love this scene. He's not Superman yet, but he still wants to help people. That's a hero. In this scene, and I know we had no word of it or anything, but in this scene, I pictured Aquaman coming up and helping him for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of things when he goes into the sea in a couple seconds that they say, you know, Aquaman sent a fish to save him or something. I just, it was just something in my head that I was just like, man, I just need to, yeah, I, I, I needed I to I see I thought that. that too when I was watching this. I was like, is Aquaman one? So they had, uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro was offered this to direct this. Ben Affleck was, uh, Darren Ofskowski butchered that one Tony, yeah. Aronofsky, yeah. and that yeah and then uh, Tony Scott were all offered to do this one which is funny is because Ben was offered it and he eventually ended up coming back but came back as one of the actors yeah and I think I think they got the right guy uh, I think Snyder Snyder yeah. found the found Snyder the right tempo written. for it and the temperature for the, for that character yeah I think people I don't know they crap on Snyder a lot I think he doesn't deserve it 
Zach, this was the beginning of the DCU, or what was going to be. Oh, it's still there. I mean, it's this is it's still the, there. these seeds are still there. I love this scene as a kid. You know, he's he's figuring out his powers. He's going nuts because that's what would happen if you're a kid that age. Hey, man, I don't know what the hell's going on. I hear all this crap. What am I gonna do? And Diane Lane, who they had to age up in this movie, yeah. by the way. They had to age her. She still, by the way, she still looks good. They had to age her up just to make her look older, just to be the mom type figure. She still looks good, and she's so good. Yeah, I think some of the better, some of this I think her her casting. The better scenes are her and him, her and him. Oh, and then and then Kevin Costner as you know as Paul Kent. I thought that oh. that knocked it out too, and that was one of the Greg, things I Greg. read when I was reading. I was like Russell Crowe and. and and uh, and Kevin Costner, I was like, I have to see that, just that as you know, Paul Kent. Yeah, that alone. I'm like, okay, because if you think about it, they they did the Dick Donner thing. You know, they surrounded basically an un- unknown Henry Cavill with like these top flight actors, yep. just to build the movie around them. Like the same thing with Batman Begins. I mean, we we knew kind of who Christian Bale was, but you know, you got to surround him. I thought she was so good as Ma Kent. Oh, the soundtrack here. They throw, they throw in, they throw oh. in Soundgarden. Yeah, they, oh, great, great song by Soundgarden, by the way. Or was that Cornell by himself? I'm, I wonder if it was solo. Actually, I think I'm that's. Is that audio? Sound? I don't know. I have to check that out. That I'm thinking it might it might even be a or a Temple of the Dog. Ooh, good pull. Look how ripped he got. I know people had issues with like the the bearded Superman for a while. I'm like, I didn't. This shows me he's rugged. He's lived through the world. They were like, oh, that's a Batman thing. That's not really a thing. I mean, he's you have to understand where he's coming from. You gotta have empathy for this character. He's he has no clue where he fits in this world. No clue. That's why he's doing these menial jobs. He's traveling. He's he's trying to find himself. Like literally. Yeah. And, and he's Superman. He's not gonna he can't run to the corner store and pick up a you know a regular you know a a bick. No. He's got. He's got to do certain things. If nobody's familiar with Superman, how he shaves is he has to heat up one of the pieces of panel from his ship, heat that up, and then scrape that across his face just to cut his beard. Yeah. No, that is Cornell, actually. Is that Cornell? Yeah, actually, no. Yeah, it is Cornell, but th- that's why it sounded so familiar. It's Cornell, but it's from Singles. Oh, so it was during wow. his Soundgarden time. I was like, I know that wasn't an old Cornell. That was a that was a young yeah. Cornell. That's why. Okay, that's why it was it was hitting my <laughs> hit me in the ears yeah. there. Because I, I was like, that doesn't really sound like Soundgarden. But I mean, he was in Soundgarden at the time. It was just a solo song he did. I love how the music hits by Hans right now. 
I mean, I hate to keep bringing back Hans Zimmer, but God, he's just so good. That up, like I never thought that John Williams Superman theme would ever be eclipsed. I'll tell you what, Hans Zimmer is pretty damn close. Because it's a hopeful theme. It's like it's a darker theme, but it's still hopeful. It's like, hey, you know what? Oh, what happened? And then the scene back here, terrific. Very Tom Welling right now. Right yes, now. yeah. Is that Lana Lang? Yes. The the girl in the uh in the bus? Yeah, yeah, and the pink, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz we don't we don't we don't address her or we don't find out, but I mean, female girl. It's mentioned. Well, well we, like you you hear like, uh Pete's mom say when she's talking to Clark or or to, talking to Mom Paul that even Lana saw it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's why And I even think they make reference to not in this scene, but they make the Lang, the Lang the, yeah, the like Lang later farm. on in the movie. There, there's a reference to the Lang Farm as well. What well, they actually, if you actually, when we get around to doing it, because I think eventually we will, they mentioned the Lang Farm in Batman v Superman. That was the uh, the discussion that Clark had with his dad on the top of the mountain. It's like, you know, the Lang Farm got flooded and they they lost everything and we didn't. So no, that's this movie. No, I think it's... Uh, you sure it's this yes. movie? No, I think it's Batman v Superman. I don't know. Pretty sure it's this one. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure okay. it's Batman Maybe. v Superman. Yeah, yeah. Might be right then. I thought it was in this one. But I, I, no, I recently watched both of these together, so this one is <laughs> Batman, Batman versus Superman. And bo both very divisive movies, which is kind yeah. of... <laughs> this discussion right here, just it just it's everything right now. Like when he talks about like, well, should I have saved him or not? And he's like, I don't know. Like he doesn't know. Like either or, he, you could have gone either way: protect your identity or save yep. them. You have to. You have to make the choice. Like his, his dad's. You got to make the choice. His dad's like, I, I'm not going to make it for you, but you have to make that choice. Yeah. He just adds so much. He doesn't know. And the reveal. Oh, right? yeah. This is great. It's a callback to the original movie, by the way. I mean, not verbatim, but, you know, they have the ship in the farm. <laughs> I've got that thing on my keychain. <laughs> Very nice. That um wall over there kind of reminds me of Smallville. If you ever watched Smallville, which I know you did, if you recall the wall of yeah. weird, that was Chloe's yep. thing. Very, very wall of weird. Allison Mack. Uh. Hopefully she... Uh, <laughs> How are we falling? 
That's another story. Yeah. I just think he adds so much to this movie. Like you were saying before, like Kevin Costner, like you you know, when you saw this movie, like, oh, Kevin Costner, Diane Lane, Russell Crowe, holy crap, they're all gonna be in this movie? I gotta watch yep. them. And they and I'll tell you what, their parts they played perfectly. Yeah, you you need characters because they're the supporting cast, and to me I think a supporting cast should be stronger, if not as strong as the mid lead, because that's what they, they're there. They they're supporting. Strong. They're they, <laughs> Exactly. They need to have a certain, you know, and he's got this certain po- type of, you know, gravitas about him that it just translates that, you know, oh. he's worried about his son, he, but he knows that there's so much going on. He knows there's things about the government not to trust. He's just all this. It, the original Superman with Christopher Reeves, I, I wish I could remember the gentleman's name that played his dad on that. But he was it. Was it a John Stapleton? I think I think you might be right. It, but he he had a certain amount of that, but not that. I think he did for for the type well, of Superman we got. He, this one we needed a stronger yeah, he, one. He had a line, I believe, before he had the heart attack. He's like, "Son, you're here. I don't know why, but you're here for a reason." And this is basically the same thing, but it's just more drawn out. Like, hey, you know, you're here. I don't know why, but I love this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes in this movie. This, this is my favorite. Ah, me too. It's it's almost a throwback to to, to Superman two. Yes, very, very reminiscent, close, but very not very, done a little different. That's a tad different because he knows he has to hold his powers inside. This is that dude's reaction after he pushes him, just like, well, shit, he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and he's still trying to help people. He's like, hey man, look, look. Just back off. That's all he's saying. He's not trying to start a fight. He's like, hey, man, just back off. <laughs> he's washing dishes. I know some guys who are hot-headed would have done, not have done this. He stays calm. I love that. For now. God, Cavill's <laughs> so good. <laughs> there we go. Cleans up and walks away. He doesn't do anything. Not at first. Not at first. I love that. But I love how he stays calm. That's Superman. That's Clark. He's like, okay. You know well, that's always been one of the things. You know, people are always like, well, Superman is so strong. Or, or, the, or that whole death death rule was, you know, is Superman doesn't want to kill because he knows he can do it instantly. Um, there's there's a few moments I, I think oh. where he like f- faces <laughs> off against like Apocalypse when he's like, I know you can take this, so I'm not holding back any lo- longer. You know, it's it's showing that he's always held back. There's a movie that we're going to mention in tomorrow's episode that I think speaks volumes about this. That you'd be shocked is one of my favorite animated movies. Anyway, that's a precursor. Now, here we have Amy Adams. Yes. Amy Adams, yes. And I do like her take on Lois. It's... it's Me... You know what? I like it, too. People crapped on it. I thought... I, but I like it. I thought Margot's, Margot Kidder's one was a little too aggressive. Strong. Yeah. This one, Amy's tad. aggressive, but she's aggressive. Like, you can't trick me. You can't... 
I think Margo was was too over the top. Amy's like, yeah, I I got you. You can try to mess with me, but I'm gonna come right back. You know what I didn't notice though. The one I didn't notice for like for the longest time that was Clark. Oh oh Joe. Carrie oh you Max. didn't realize that yeah. No I didn't like it was like I was like is that yeah. Henry Cavill? I was like how? Okay. Now this is Amy's Adams' third attempt to play Lois Lane. By the way. She tried out for Superman Returns, didn't get it. Smallville. Yeah. She was in Smallville. She was. In she was in Smallville, Smallville, but for Lois Lane to play Lois Lane, she was in another. She attempted to do another one because there was another failed Superman uh, movie. I'm trying to remember who the director was on this. What is it? Superman Reborn. Yes, I think Reborn, and that and that failed, and then she got this one. So the th- third time's a, tra- a charm here. And if nobody's noticed, uh, they pretty much raped uh, raped a Battlestar Galactica's cast, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> if, if you're not yes. noticing, <laughs> there's a time. couple. If you're if you're a Galactica <laughs> fan, that like everybody. There's a couple people in there, and and uh, was it uh is, is that SVU? Um, That's Chris yeah, Maloney, man. Yeah, which I love. I love that he was in there, and I love Cavill's Ka- Cavill's in these scenes, and they don't make notice. Like you were saying, you're like you didn't nope, realize it. They don't. Yeah, you didn't even realize yeah. it. By the way, Chris Maloney was in a series that was canceled by Sci-Fi called oh, Happy. Oh, I loved Happy. Watch. Oh, my God. Watch. So oh. I mean, the second season not as great as the first one. I didn't get a chance to watch, watch the second one season. yet because I, I was I was watching. And but I still want to watch it, but okay. I loved it. The first season is what you him, have to Him watch. and Patton it's Oswald great... are, are just oh. perfect. I want Patton Oswald to voice everything. But yeah, no, I, I always no. would forget, like, watching Happy, I would forget that was Chris. It was just like, it was yeah. like, what? Because it was such a far-fetched, like, he comes from the straight-edge, law and order, you yeah. know, I'm going to do everything by the book, and in Happy, he is none of that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he is the opposite. But again, the, the supporting cast you see there, very strong characters. Again, the, the the Battlestar Galactica cast, great. Those guys were always really good on the, on Battlestar. Then you have Chris Maloney, so- just as you know, the, the side, you know, general or whatever he was, a ca- captain, I think. You want to build a movie? You don't need superstars. You just get, you know, a couple of good of the character actors, get them out there. So no, no, no. Surround. It's almost like a baseball team. You surround. Your best pitchers, your players, with better play, like you know the, the supporting cast, because the supporting cast is going to get you the win. Sorry, baseball reference. This go, is a, go this a superhero. Oh, don't even. We don't even going to go there. <laughs> Kane or not, Kane and I are not only on direct opposites on comic book characters. We're also in sports. We are direct <laughs> opposites on sports. Oh yeah, that's why we get along so famously. I love the design of this ship, by the way. And the music, oh, so good. Now, there's a scene coming up very... Yeah, I was going to ask you about that scene. What do you think? And it's... If they wanted to connect it, they could certainly do it. My only problem is... You go ahead. But I think you have to explain it, like, how... How, you know, she's got to be definitely older than Cabello, a lot because she's been around a while. A lot because that, that ship mean, is supposedly thousands of years old. Thousands of years old, and where has she been? Yeah, 
Like, you, like, does she get trapped again? Yeah, does she walk out of there and get trapped in ice? Maybe she's out there frozen ice. Yeah. Maybe she's pulling a, a Captain America. Yeah, it's just like a. I mean, it makes sense on the surface, but you really yeah, have to yeah, that's a hard stretch. I think. Um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't buy into it. I just thought maybe it's just an open, open one because everybody else is dead. And, yeah. And once you find out from what, um, no. from what uh, 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 Zod says later on, you know, thousands of years. Now that droid is, um, I believe, uh, the droid that he has in the Fortress of Solitude is a Kalex. Yeah, yeah, same looking droids. That's what. That's why I loved about it. It was like they really, not only just you know, again, this is what movies, comic book movies, are supposed to be. We don't want a direct, straight story, but we want to. You want you as a writer and a director, stay true to the source material. Don't deviate, but you can tell a different story. Just, yeah, you can add your spin, but just just keep the, you know the, the yeah. This is not a Superman story that you can go and find in a comic book, other than the adaptation no, no. of this. But the source material is every it's staying true to the source material. You know that that's every every comic book and movie or anything I've seen or read has said you know there was that they did know about this planet and they had visited the planet before, so, which I yeah. like. That's a good spin. Because you figured they would. No paparazzi, bitch. <laughs> There's that pod. There's evil Kalex. By the way, I like the version they have of him on Supergirl. That that's Kalex, by the way. If you don't know who Kalex is, by the way, he's in a um, artificial intelligence kind of like a little floating robot. He basically operates the Fortress of Solitude, like keeping things in order while you know Kal-El is gone. He he's Superman's Alfred, basically. Y- yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Thank just you. not involved in every Thank story like Alfred is. <laughs> yeah. See, I like how they met right away. Yeah. You don't want to have like the bullshit, like oh, well, the glasses. Like, yeah, no. you, you take away the best reporter in the world cred when. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, because she would figure it out. I, you don't want to make her. I think probably one of my favorite scenes ever was in uh, Lois and Clark. Even Lois and Clark. <laughs> when, I know what when, you're uh, talking about. It, uh, I know Tempest exactly Fugit. what you're talking about. When Tempest Fugit came from the. I forgot who it, it was, was. It was Tempest Fugit. He, he came from the future, and he made fun oh, of her, going, oh, "You are the dumbest person in history." And she's like, "What do you mean?" Puts he puts on a pair of glasses. He goes, "I'm Clark. Clark I'm glasses. Superman. I'm Clark. <laughs> hey, I'm Clark. I'm a Superman. No, I'm Clark. I'm su-. like, yeah." yeah so it's, <laughs> I was just thinking. I remember watching that. I was watching, I think, my uh, my ex-wife now, but we were dating at the time when we were watching that, and she didn't know much about Superman. She's from Sweden. Uh, she knew a little bit about Superman, but it was one of those shows that she enjoyed watching it. I was getting my geek on, but still trying to you know stay cool about it. But when he did that, I was in the middle of drinking something, and I spit it out. <laughs> I was like, oh, they've nobody's ever addressed that before. And it, was, it was one of those things I really loved about the Lois and Clark. I think Justine Bateman was in that episode. She was in a few, yeah. She's. Yeah, I mean, she you look couple. at that. You look at that cast. The the guest stars on that was really cool. Uh, I think that's actually on the DC Universe. You can watch those. So yeah, is. and that's yeah, that that's one of those ones. I'm like, man, one of these days, I just want to sit and watch them because it was an interesting story. And I the it was, one, it 
was different. The one thing I loved about it is because it was really based in the 90s Superman mythology because Ma and Paul Kent were both still alive. And there are those stories where it's great to see Paul still there because he, 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 yeah. he gives Clark a shoulder to lean on to a little bit more. I even love Lawrence Fishburne's parody. Yeah, me too. Like, uh, like I know some people who scream about it, like, "Oh, well, he's not white." I'm like, this is one of those like um, different racial casting that I yeah, no, no it's with. because I think he brought something more to the character. It was different. Yeah, exactly. If you're gonna change the racial profile of a character, bring something different. Don't be the same. Do something like I haven't seen before, and he does something totally yeah. different, like the earring he rocks, the beard, and he's he's not over aggressive. He's like almost a passive aggressive. Gotta love Morpheus as Perry White. Now, at first, this guy with the glasses, the online blogger, I thought he was Jimmy Olsen. I thought, is this the new Jimmy Olsen? And he's just some random blogger guy. He may have eventually been. They, they really never had a Jimmy Olsen. Um, you know, they 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 didn't. Uh, the one that we well, no, nah, he wasn't. They they've said that. In fact, they're like that was not Jimmy. Hey, polar bears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's a callback to Kevin Smith and his. Uh, I think it was who was the producer that they wanted polar bears. No, no, they wanted a uh, mechanical spider. Oh, and a polar bear. Okay. No, yeah, there was and polar, polar bears, bears and yeah, and I, I sometimes there, there was a that was uh, Burton's uh, Burton. It was Burton's yeah. movie, but no, it was uh, God. Who was it? I think it was. Oh, I think it was one of the original Salt Kinds. Yeah, but yeah, they wanted mechanical Superman to fight a mechanical spider and polar bears on his way to the fortress that he couldn't fly to. This kind of threw me off. I was like. Zod's alive, or Jarl? I, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Jarl. I'm your father, Cal. Well, I knew they were going to have to do a some sort of like you know teaching phase. So I figured, well, ins- instead of a he's big, a big actor, yeah. and you're not going to leave him in there for like five minutes. Yeah. You're going to yeah, use, yeah, Russell yeah. Crow. you're going to pay the money. We're going to you're going to get your money's worth. And I had, I'll tell you what, I had no problem no. with it. I was like, okay. Makes sense. It's it's better than a voiceover and a big crystal face. Yeah, kind of, I was like, yeah. come on, really? I'm glad they eliminated that. That was kind of weak. And these graphics for these special effects, yeah. fantastic. Very 1950s look about it. Yep, yep, exactly. Very uh, what was that? Metropolis, I believe, what it's called. Yeah, the movie Metropolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very reminiscent of that. Good callback, by the way. Almost reminds me of uh, Justice League: uh, New Frontiers, with yes. how the, the, with that very that style. And again, it's a very 1950s style, but very underrated animated movie, by the way. As a result. 
See, basically, he ex he's explaining right now how Krypton got destroyed. He's like, it was us. It was our fault. But you should say that Jor-El was right. <laughs> you both are actually both. Now that is the Genesis Chamber, I believe. Yes. Okay. Which we see later on, which hopefully we'll get to do one of these days. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. I, I'd definitely be on board for that one. Because again, uh, extremely underrated and overly abused movie. I feel. But we have to do the um, the ultimate version. That's the one we have to do. I like how he's somber. He's like, "Look, we messed up. It's our fault. But you're here now. You can be more." Now I will have to say that he had this suit pre-made on this ship that that he's um, never been on before but keep this in mind this ship this is a ship that was there for thousands of years but somehow Jorel has a ship pre-made or a suit pre-made on board this ship um, which has no coloring to match what the typical would be <laughs> it was only it was like so it should, it should so it should have been the black suit. Should have been a black suit, but to have a well and to have a suit pre-made with your logo on. Um, I just had that, that was that was like my biggest stretch I had to make in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing I, I I could say that maybe could back that up is like the the minute he got into the ship, you know, it read his consciousness. It's like it was like okay, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. Like I said, that was that was my only my only stretch, and I, it's a one I can make. I can do it just fine. And by the way, he shaved too. Wonder if that suit chafes. It's gotta be. Now this is the first suit that we've actually seen without the underwear. This is like the new. They thing. actually put him in underwear first. They wanted to try it; just didn't look right. They even got him to put on the uh, the original Christopher Reeve suit. To see how he looked, and they were like, "Okay, he's he's got it." I love this because now you're seeing that he doesn't know right away. No, and he's and the cool thing is, is he's doing exactly what Superman started off doing. Superman did leaps and bounds. Well, he didn't flies. I th I think there's a um somebody uh, actually compared this to a, a certain TV show, which I didn't see at the time. But it makes a lot no, of sense, no. which is the greatest American hero. And I didn't think about it. I'm like, well, he is kind of like crashing into stuff. But basically, if you think about it, he's a better version of the greatest American hero. He's like falling yeah. down, crashing in the mountains. He has no clue what he's doing. 
He's he's been Superman for one day. Not even that. What, like fifteen minutes yeah. right now? I do like this suit, by the way. Yeah, when this came out, I think this was pre fifty two, actually. Sure. So I, I think it may be. Or was it about that time? Yeah, I mean, we're talking six years ago. I if if anything, they came out about the same time. Then I'll tell you what: when he, they add something new to this to the flying elements. Like I love this. Like he's a bullet yeah. basically in the sky. Which I like, because basically that's what he is, faster than a speeding bullet. Yep. And CG cape. They got the CG right, finally. And I like how he's smiling. He's like, I'm fucking flying. If you're a superhero, hey, I just learned how to fly. Of course I'm going to be happy. I hate how they say, oh, he's not, he's joyless. He's just learned to fly. He's trying to concentrate, not run into a freaking mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody nitpicked yeah. and they were like, there's no S in the back of the cape. Who cares? Yeah. There were certain times he had it, certain times he didn't. It's not a that's not See, a staple. Uh, it's not a staple. So it's not necessary. I tell you what, the one thing I did think was really cool, and I, I they they do it here, but it was started in uh Superman Returns was the sound of the cape. Yes. Like there's a scene in like Superman Returns where he like flies right over the heads of everybody and you don't hear anything but the you know the the, the cape the, flapping. The, the, the swoosh of the yeah, cape. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. Oh, this is so good how he just he's floating above the earth. Very Donner like. Not quite. He doesn't give the wink of the eye. Now, this shows Lois Lane's reporter side. She's like, hey, who is this dude? What's going on? She's investigating. Yeah, the good good throwback to everybody that, that has come in contact. Yeah. Very, very like, hey. reminiscent of like a uh, like a um, uh, Incredible Hulk from the from the 70s show. Like he, he was traveling around helping people out, but nobody knew who he was. He was just. Except for that reporter. That yeah, reporter. that one reporter. Oh, my God. I forgot his name. He just like every single time that the place that he went, he's like, "Who was this guy? Hey, I'm blah blah blah." Th- McGee, yeah, I think yeah, so, yeah, I think it was, yeah. yeah. But you yeah, know, it was you know, it's just in his kind of that feel that you know he's just wandering around helping people out. Now, you your comment beforehand about the meeting was good, but this I had issues with. Yeah, I mean, how did she find out so Well, quickly? not only that, but he would show up, and he wouldn't show up. Yeah, like in his cape or anything. Like yeah. this, like yeah. It just it, that this one, this was one of those weird moments. I'm like, yeah, this conversation could have been held had had you know been held a little different. It could have been. It could have been different. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, why are you wearing a trucker hat? And you know what's going on. And why are you so baby-faced right now? What happened? Yeah, what's what's going on, man? Uh, 
what kills me is that basically we we only got Henry Cavill for three movies. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to get him again, which is kind of yeah, sad. it is. I mean, I I, I I'm, uh, I'm one of those ones. I'm holding it out that hopefully maybe they'll. I, I would love to see JJ and and Henry work together. I think with. Oh JJ's God, filming please. quality, like the lens flaring and stuff, and just in my head, I can just see and picture Henry doing something with that classic JJ lens flare going on, you know? Because you do see some of that in here. You do see some JJ influence with in Zach, because especially when when they're on, you know, the Kryptonian ships, there's a bit of a flare happening. So you kind of yeah, there's 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 some JJ yeah. influence. You're right, but I just I I I hope and hold out because I mean it would be ridiculous to not. Take an actor who is striving and who's literally at this point now spent six years keeping his body in physical shape to play Just a role. Superman, yeah. And his heart's in it. And he's he's still, I mean, if you check out his you check out his Instagram page, he's constantly working out, he's talking always about wanting to do Superman. And it's just and it, and he's young too. And he's still in shape. You can you can do it. It would be it would be it would be a tragedy to leave, but I understand. It's just. I mean, I d- now here's one of the most controversial. Oh scenes coming my out, god! Which, yes, it is. Oh man. Now, if you didn't know, this is kind of like the other version of Twister, yeah. just the other yeah. side. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and you know the There's national no tor- tornado. Group actually had issues with this because because really? that is not where you go when a hurricane's coming. Do not go into an underpass. They said that is probably the least safe place to be. <laughs> and when they when they they actually had to like you know post things and, and like you know do like videos and stuff for like in that area you know during around Hurricane Alley or Tornado Alley. I meant now. All right, the big issue of this scene, I guess we can say it, is this. You know, why would he basically sacrifice his life? Yeah, the scene coming up here. Yeah, that's. Well, and the understanding is he doesn't want Clark to show that he can do something. Yeah, he wants him to be a secret. And he's willing to give his life up for Clark. Give his life for it. They were like, oh, it's an unwanted death. He could have saved him. I'm like. And just that look. That's classic. That's Kevin Costner yeah. at his best. He doesn't have to say anything. Just there's that, that look. No, it, just a facial expression yep. right here. Like, look, and he says it right yep. here. Nope, don't. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm good. But he, but there was a grin there, like this prideful grin too. Yeah. The, oh. He's like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And he wants to go out there, but he can't. Yeah. He's like, nah, my dad said no. <laughs> That's Lois Lane always going against the rules, man. That's Lois. Hey, Perry's pissed at you. I wonder why. That's Lois Lane. Now, 
Lois Lane was great in this movie. In Batman v Superman, she was. We'll talk about. Yeah, that. <laughs> Perry White. It's like, hey, you sold that shit. Guess what? Yep. I love, I love his reaction when she's like, "Fine, I'll take it." He's like, "Fine, double." Yeah. If you're yeah, so, if you're so willing to like, take this punishment, we're gonna give you more. Why are you so willing? That, that's that's what I, I love his reaction there. In these scenes here, back at the farm, this is what sold me on Brightburn. Because Brightburn got that feel. <laughs> they got perfect. that feel. Oh. It's like, I don't know if they went to the same cinematography guy and says, hey, listen, we need you to do I don't that. Know. <laughs> they, they came pretty close. Because it just had, it had that same, that warmthness, the, 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 the close-ups of like silliness. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put a close-up of a chain on a, on a, on a swing. Why? Just because I'm care- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a close-up of a butterfly. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, shit like that. It's just. I'll tell you what, I think one of these days, I mean, it's not going to be anytime soon, but we should do Brightburn. Oh, yeah, no, that, that'll be a... Oh, that'll be a, that'll be a special pick, because if you guys haven't watched Brightburn yet, it's basically the opposite of this movie. <laughs> see, he smiles. Yeah, that's, I don't oh, see that. Doesn't smile. I have never understood, like, he's so mopey, he's so emo. Yeah, no, I've never not. seen that. Because even like you were saying, like when he was just flying and was flying around the around the earth, he, he was, was he was smiling. He was yeah, happy. I don't get the emo. The, the, other than the fact of what happens at the end of this movie, that yes, at that point, and then in the following movie, I would I will agree with him. He is mopey on the next one, but this movie, no. Yeah, he's very mopey. No, this movie, he's yeah. not mopey. Like he's laughing. He's like, hey man, my mom's here. Well, he's he's like, my mom's here. I've met my dad for the first time. I know where I'm from. I'm happy. Yeah, I met a there's I met a, a hot joy. chick. You know. <laughs> hey, my life is looking up. Yeah, so that the the mopey side, I don't understand that that aspect of it. I I don't see that. Yeah. But like I said, if they're if they're tying all the movies together, the next movie. Heavy mopiness, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's very, very mopey. I can't wait to do that movie, by the way. It's going to be fun. Yeah, he's got that stupid farm boy grin. Now, he smiles in this. Don't worry. I don't know, I don't know yeah, what these people are smoking. Smiling. They're smoking a lot of good shit. Because I don't see him miserable. He's just questioning what's going on. He doesn't. Not sure about Hamilton here. Not a. I, I I like I like my Doctor Hamilton a little bit more non-government and more like working on the you know in the. Uh, yeah, in the lab. Yeah, and and you don't you do know the. Uh, the 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 nod. I'm sure it's not her, but the the nod that that uh. The female uh, soldier with him is a Ferris. Yeah, is that Anna Ferris? Really? Yeah, her name's yeah Ferris. Uh, but they, they don't say that that's full name, but it, it is a Ferris. Bueller, Bueller. That's right. not that kind of Ferris. Sorry, other Ferris. 
Look at that. Zod broadcast in Spanish. Hola. Hola. Mi nombre es Zod. Everybody's freaking out. Is a ship that big, or uh, so that's the one thing I'm not sure where Smallville is in comparison to to where Metropolis is in this world. Sometimes, uh, it, sometimes it's true Midwest. Sometimes it's like a a farm town just outside of Metropolis. Like, there's so many different variables of where it is. Because because he can he can get there a little bit too quick than than what most people you know would think. Just like how the terrifying element of Zod coming is basically like, yeah. oh, shit, what's going on? Like Yeah, that you can't see it's, him, it's all You can't see him, you don't know what's going on, what's happening. You know, everybody's freaking out. Electricity's gone. I love the fact that he's broadcasting in all the languages too. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't know where he went. So the Mongolians are in the middle of nowhere and they got a TV on? Is that, is that what you're trying to... Eh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Wi-Fi is pretty powerful. Yeah. Now, what are these? These are guys in the desert. Yeah, so I mean... That's what I, yeah, that's that's what the, I got a question. Those are the ones I'm talking about. I think, yeah, the I think you're my, talking about? Okay, I thought you were, yeah. you were talking about the ones before. I was like, wait a minute. No. You know, like, that's a huge extension cord right there. Yeah. I was like, that's that's a bit much. I like this mask. Harry Lennox. That's how you used to watch porn back in the day. Exactly. That's <laughs> good old scramble channels. Saw boob. Scramble I saw channels, boob. Man. I saw boob. You learn so many things at the Heroes Asylum during these watch logs. Both educational and fun. I think there's a little bit too much TMI sometimes, though. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Now, these scenes right here, you know what sells it? No dialogue, facial expressions. We don't know what's going on. We're terrified. What's happening? Yep. 
and that would be the big news story right now. So it's like, hey, aliens are coming. What's going on? Like, I love how they just played it so true. True, if it actually happened. government know that Lois Lane like that was yeah because he, he had just talked about it so like literally and they're like oh well hey we know where she lives by the way she lives in a shitty apartment for her to pay she gets it's New York or Metropolis sorry Good old Pete. He's always here. Help his buddy out. So this scene's interesting. The um, the scene where he's talking to the priest in the church. The actual stained glass in the background is actually a uh, kind of a, a reference. Uh, it's a it's for uh, Christ in the Garden of a uh, Gethsemane. Uh, basically, this is where Christ pr- uh, prayed for strength to undergo his his ordeal that he will have to face down the road, and it's it's echoing Clark's situation right now. And it's you know just one of those one of those uh, few things that they show here that there's a lot of Christ symbolism with Superman. Oh, very, very. very uh, we much see so. numerous times we see you know this one is is, is one of them. Uh, we find out you know Superman Clark has been on Earth for 33 years. 33 years was when the, the, Christ yeah, came around and started doing his 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 teachings. So it's there's a lot of like symbolism there uh you know 
and it's it's one of those things that that a lot of people like try to avoid with it but i think it's interesting especially seeing where superman came from you know that people think that there's a there's a heavy religion to it but superman was created by two jewish american artists so they why would they put a lot of christ references in it but it's definitely in there and something to look at i would totally agree with that very christian judaism going on there I think that one to me, that's one of the cooler scenes. It's just him hovering over this army. Just oh, like so good. You got a guy flying over and he wants to talk to Lois Lane. Guess what? Love talking to Lois Lane. That is a oh, that is such a good shot. And this shot here, very iconic too. With the handcuffs. This scene is very reminiscent of the Dark Knight. I mean, very different, by the way. But and here's another another. Um Christ reference also because they talk about the S being for hope. Well, that didn't come in until uh, Superman Birthright is when that translation. What year did that come out? Uh, birthright? birthright. God, I can't remember the year Birthright was came Was it late night? Was it late night? It was, I think. Yeah, I know it was in the 90s time frame. But okay. the House of L, because that's what it was notified as. L is also a God reference as well. If you think of, of all the archangels, Raphael, Michael. They all have an L, and that L's was was an indication of you know one with God. So another another one again coming from <laughs> two Jewish you know Hebrew folks that you know they created a very oh there we go that's sorry one of my favorite scenes there sorry yeah. he just stands up and breaks the chains like the, the he breaks the chains because he could have done it any time <laughs> yep. he's he's letting you I I'm here on my own accord not I'm here not by my you. own free will not by you guys you had nothing to do with it I came here because of me. You know, I hate repeating this, and I don't want to sound like a repeating person, but I just, I, I don't get the hatred for this movie. I really don't. I, I'm trying to, ha- I'm yeah. trying to find very hard things. Like I see nitpicky things, I get, but and and I'm, I'm one that's pointing them out, and I'm a diehard Superman fan. All right, diehard, and I'm okay with these things. The ones that I that I have mentioned are silly little ones, nothing big. And the thing is, I'll say I'm a Batman fan. I can't stand Superman. I think the Boy Scout, you know, he's. Blah, 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 hope, hope, hope. And I love this movie. That was one of the first things when I talked to Captain Mike. I was like, hey, I love Man of Steel. I love it. You see, I don't, I don't yeah. know what it was. If it was like what Superman was at the time, I, I don't know what it was. Because if you, when you look back, you were talking 75 years of Superman. And, and when this movie came out, this was the 75th year. When this came out in 2013, that was Superman's 70th, you know, or 75th anniversary. And there are so many different versions of Superman that are out there. So how can you get upset with something that's just a little different? Again, it's it's sticking close to the source well, material. It's not It's it's hope versus expectation. Everybody thought, "Oh, new Superman movie, wink wink, I'm going to save a cat in the tree, smile." That's it. But that was that was the 
eighties and the what well, really what what the sixties, seventies, and eighties version of the Superman. You know, I agree. And this version hit me more than anything. Yeah, and it's funny that the, what the people were complaining that it was too, I guess, too realistic. I, it was really what I think of the biggest bitch I could think that they would say. Because that, that he's not the Boy Scout. He's very realistic. He's dealing with real world issues. And it's so funny is after this came out and after the final scenes that you know we're gonna see here in a little bit of of you know the destruction of, of Krypton and or not Krypton, sorry, of Metropolis, people right afterwards are going, Oh, well, that's not realistic. Who's gonna pay for all that team? I'm like, Are you shitting me? These are two <laughs> superhuman powered beings. Right, is that the one thing you're concerned with? Is Who's going to pay for that? And that re- that destruction was over the top, and and it's kind of interesting. Is because if you look at other movies that came out out after this, those issues were addressed, and not just in the DC, but also in the MCU. Those destruction and things like that, you get that in um, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, you know, after the after the destruction of, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the the town. Um. Uh, Age of Ultron, right? Yeah, Age of um, Ultron, where they lift the city up. But you see that that destruction happening there, and then you see the direct results in uh, Captain America: Civil War, with Iron Man feeling responsible for all the destruction they caused. Old superhero movies, you would have never had that, and this one really triggered that gut reaction in the viewers. It's like, hey, well, we have to have a response to what that just happened. It's amazing! It's, it's amazing. Like people can't be satisfied of the movies that we get. We have to explain yeah. what happened afterwards. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. By the way, I love this actress playing Fiora. Yes, she is. She is amazing. I she I thought she did a great job. I I, I loved the first one, but fantastic. I just wish they would have had more interaction with uh, Noon. Is that his name? Non. Non. Yeah. yeah, I think they would have had. Uh, is that non? It, it it's supposed to be the, the the big beast dude that that they fight. You know, you oh. see you see her and him down on. Um, okay, I was. I, I would was assume so. That. They, they I don't think because they never re- reference him. They never say a name. No. He never speaks. But non never spoke. He just grunted and. I guess that was non. Okay. I mean, that's oh, the only okay. big beast like. Hmm. Okay. You know, it's funny that one of the things that I guess me and you have argued about for the longest, well, not argued about, I guess we both agree on on it, is when you explain something, it kind of takes away from things. The magic, yeah. Yeah, the, it takes away the magic of stuff. It's just like, you don't want to explain it. It's, it's just there. Like, it's up to the, you know, the viewer to think, oh, what what happened here? Why did this happen? Why did they come here? And, uh, you know. I And I honestly, this mm-hmm. is something I've kind of said over and over again. I think that is one of the biggest things with Star Wars that has hurt Star Wars overall is because there was such... Well, the, the, the people want expl- explanation because there was such a long gap between the end of, you know, Jedi to the next one. What happened? Well, we've all had our own little stories in our head. We've all been out on the playground, playing the games, made up our own stories. But when we get to that big story, we don't get what we wanted because it doesn't match our playground story that we made up. And... You know, in certain things, people are wanting an answer for what that character is or what that character is. But most people forget we didn't get the answer to, let's, I'll take the Emperor, for example. We did not know shit about the Emperor. Even at the end of Jedi, we still did not know anything about the Emperor, but we're expected to know everything there is about Snoke right now. 
we did, we and still had that mystery. I, I, you know what? That's fine. You know what? Somebody's going to explain in a comic or a novel, which is fine. they tried that. Yeah, I, I talked to you about that that's last week. Gonna, that was yeah, a that, that, that's going to happen. We all know that's going to happen. But yeah, it, it's but you, fine. You don't have to. Explain yeah, it. I don't. Yeah, I don't need it. Yeah, let, let, I don't let, need it. Let, let, I mean, leave a, leave a little bit to our imagination as a viewer, as a you know a, a movie goer. I mean, I'm an old school guy. As are you? It's it's like it's okay. I don't have to know how we got this. Like it's like almost like Back to the Future. Well, how did Doc Brown discover all this shit? They explained like a little bit tidbits here. I don't want a prequel on Doc Brown. I don't want to know how he got the you know he invented the deflex capacitor. I don't want to see a whole movie like oh hey he was dating this girl and then he went to the bathroom and slept on the toilet. Like no, you 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 I just you just did it. You, you I can, I can just imagine. did it. Hollywood's listening to you right now. Oh and you know, God, Hollywood's please. a fickle little shit. Don't listen to Kane, please. Don't please, please don't <laughs> listen to me. God no, I don't want a Doc Brown prequel. No, no, no. I'm just saying that as an example. Please no. I love the fact that watching this as they go visit the other outposts, the other colonies, and see that you know they all died off. I was so hoping that they would come across Candor or, or come or go say, hey, we want to go visit something. We want to go visit one of our colonies, and there's all they come to is a big hole in the ground. That would have set me off right there. I love the vision that Zod has with uh This is the only time that you see Zod with a cape, by the way. Well, capes aren't aren't logical to to have. I mean, Edna Mode already well, told us all about that. He's never had a cape. I mean, except in the comics, I think he's had a cape. So Krypton is miles ahead in technology. Like, hey, they could reconfigure that ship. They explain everything, and it makes sense. I was like, okay. Like, when they were trapped in the Phantom Zone the first time, like, there's no way they could do anything. It's not a ship. They're just trapped in a fucking mirror. Trying to say, Zod is he's not totally out of the realm of his of his thinking. I think James Cameron's got a got a case here, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just saying, you know. <laughs> a lot of, lot of skulls on the ground. A lot of skulls on the ground. Just just saying, you know. James the point. Call Zack Snyder. Great scene, by the way. Oh. The codex is in me. You know, it's funny that we're watching a movie that you can both agree with the villain and the hero. Because to me, in this movie, like, there's two viewpoints. There's Jor-El's and Zod's. And, and Kal-El's kind of caught in between. 
Yeah, he's he's kind of the muscle to for Jarrell. Yeah. And again, it's one of the, this is something that again this movie triggered that that thought process. You know, that's where you know when you look at the Avengers, pretty much Ultron wasn't wrong, Thanos wasn't wrong. No, he wasn't. I can't wait. We, I can't wait till, till we get to the Marvel movies. By the way, it's gonna be fun. But um, no, it's like we have talked about many, many times. And Mike, I thank God that you agree with me because we never agree on anything. But the best villains are the ones who think they're the hero. Zod thinks he's the hero in this movie. He thinks he's he's doing right. I love the design of these ships. Very HR gear like. Yeah, definitely have a definitely has a gear feel to it. But again, I think that's you, you go back to what they were originally. The, the Krypton was a mixture of nature and technology blended in nature, to work. Yeah, yeah. Really, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a real deep cut at you folks right now. Um, it, it reminds me so heavily of uh, Cobra Law. Ooh. If anybody has ever watched the G.I. Joe animated movie, the main wow. villain of the overall story arc is a group <laughs> called Cobra Law. They are wow. a, a culture that is based off of nature, but they have their nature technology is a heads and you know tails or heads and shoulders above what what we have. Sorry, I had to throw their a deep cut and, in there. And their leader was Globulus. Globulus, actually. Globulus. Globulus. Yep. And who was the voice? Oh, uh, that was Mickey. Mickey. Yeah, Mickey from uh. It was Mickey from Ernest Rocky. Ernest Berg, Bergnine. Er- no, that's not. not no, Ernest. No, sorry. No, no. Wow, well, sorry. <laughs> I forgot his name, but it was Mickey from Rocky. It was yeah. the voice of? Uh, I think that was his last role. Uh, it was. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, he was one of his one of his last. I don't think it was the last, but I think it was one of the last ones. That's another movie you have to put on the list. That's a tough movie to find. I mean, really, that one is a. He- I've been trying to search for it for a long, long time. I think I found it one time on YouTube. So, because I, I would, I thought I would, you know, I'd find it in the same locations. I've, you know, I found um, GI Joe or not GI Joe, sorry, the Transformers movie. No. That one's easier to find. I mean, that's that's like all over the place. Yeah, that GI Joe movie was uh, was never released. It was a, I think, it was a um, five part series on um, TV. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was never released as a movie like it was supposed to be. But GI Joe back in the day, they they did that. If most people, you know, when the animated came oh, out, uh Burgess Meredith. Burgess way, Meredith. Okay. Burgess, yeah. But uh, you know, when GI Joe first came out, that's how they started. They started off as many series, many movies. I think like the first three like three weeks of G.I. Joe in the seasons, they were all mini movies and then they started rolling out their you know, their their daily, you know, stories. Well, if you remember the first arc of G.I. Joe was that five part miniseries on the cube. Yeah. We should oh my God, we should do that. <laughs> Again, t- tough to tough to find. Yeah. The ma- the mass uh, mass effect device or something like that, I think is what it was called. Mm. See, I like this with Joe Rell, by the way. Yeah. Like, he's basically, he's an AI, but he can control stuff because he's, he's involved in the ship's, like, consciousness right now. I, don't, I, I really have no idea why people have problems with this. And then there was also what happens at the end. You know, there was another one of those, and, again, that's something that was never a rule. 
I don't know whoever came up with that rule. Yeah, who came with that? Ever yeah. mentioned that rule that Superman doesn't kill? That's actually kill. another rule that'll be that'll be brought up in uh, another the movie that follows this, which is yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it was never. I don't ever remember seeing a rule that he doesn't do that. I know Batman's rule was that and no guns. It's, I think Clark and Superman never had to face something bad enough that they, he that was his only resort. Except for, you know, a few, you know, Doomsday and Apocalypse and a few others. A couple others. But I mean, those those villains were never ones that could die to begin with. So there was no that there was no reason for that. And anybody that gave him a hard time like Luther, he, he, he stuck to the rules, you know. But like I said, I just never had heard of a no-kill rule. Yeah. But again, rules are made to be broken if there was. And, yeah, exactly. And, and the same thing with like you know, with Batman and you know his rule. Yeah. You know, in, the, in this in this series, we see uh, him break one of those rules. Oh yeah. <laughs> but he has a legitimate point to break the rules. Yeah. I mean, there's always a point. He's not breaking it because he wants to. But he's like, hey, you know, fuck it. I don't care. Look at that flying scene. Amazing. Yep, I love how he brings her, you know, there's Zod going to his mom's house. Kent Farm, very reminiscent of the Donner version. Not quite, but... Yeah, there are there are things about it. The red truck is one. Yeah, well, the red truck's been, I think, a consistency. Even uh, Smallville had red truck. Did, there, did it? Yeah, yeah. The yeah, uh, John always had a red truck in there. But yeah, it was yeah, it's definitely more Donner feel with the with the barn a little bit further away. Wasn't the Smallville's was honestly kind of does remind me a little bit of the Smallville farm as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right, Marquette. You tell him. I love these suits, by the way. They they. They remind me of something else, and I can't quite put my finger on what it, what it is. Like, what from what do they remind me of? The abyss. No, I don't Not really see that. No, I don't really see the abyss. I mean, there is a little bit of of the rise of Cobra. That that shitty ass mask that the Cobra Commander eventually put on. Oh God, that was awful. Yeah, 
Oh, right there. There it is. There it is. There you go. And there's all the destruction. <laughs> yeah, there's the fight. So it's going to happen now. But these are... These are like super-powered beings fighting. There's going to be a mess. There's none. Zod's pissed. No, oh, he was wearing a cape there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, I thought he just had the cape on in the uh, in the dream sequence. In the dream. But he was wearing he was wearing a cape here. All right, now this is reminiscent of Superman Two. When I think you, instead of Fioria, you had Ursula. Yeah. I think it was Ursula. Ursula, that was her name. Yeah, Ursula and Non. I think Non passed away. By the way, the actor. Yeah, that yeah, that played him. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he passed away. But Ursula's still see, alive. See, worst plan ever, Superman. Don't tell him how you got over what he's going through, because now he's going to concentrate. Yeah, on it. just shut up, man. <laughs> Why did you tell him? What do you think is gonna happen? And, he, and you let these minions take him away? Like, come on, come on, Clark! By the way, those are um, those airplanes, Raptors. I had a Cobra Raptor airplane. So the Kryptonian ship, if they could work it to where to keep this kind of idea, like there's a couple of these ships laying around, and that's where Blue Beetle gets his design from because that thing looks oh, just like a blue, like a beetle. Yes, it does. Yes, yes, it does. If they yes, get, if they decide to ever do a Blue Beetle movie, that's They're, the perfect way of explaining that. That's how they yeah, how he designed it. They won't tie it into this, though. Well, it's still I wish, it's still connected. I mean, they they haven't erased this yeah, from existence yet. I hope they don't. I mean, you, you you can. You've you already can got you've already got Aquaman beetle. referencing it, or not this, but Justice League. You've got Shazam. Showing Superman there in that suit, you can't deny who that is. I know what probably it wasn't Henry, but still, the look, the suit. And so they they can't deny and ignore these things. And again, it's a, a simple way of making a nod, going, "Yes, this event did happen." We don't have to see those people if they don't want to. And, or IHOP, you know, yeah, fucking IHOP. Come on, IHOP. Just shit together, man. I love Fioria. Ugh. Now, of course she would kick his ass. She is trained to fight. He is not. It makes sense. Oh, but he's Superman. But he doesn't... He's been a Superman for a day. You know, the funny thing about this movie is, like, you know, the biggest complaint about Superman, the character itself, as a movie, is like, oh, he's too powerful. Oh, how can we make a movie about him? In this movie, they made him vulnerable. It's like, look, he has been Superman for, like, basically 24 hours. So these Kryptonians, they are trained. They're soldiers. Zod is a general. They know how to fight. He doesn't know how to fight. 
I mean, his only advantage, he's, he's been exposed to that yellow sun for like 33 years. That's it. I love it when he tries to fly. He sits up and tries to fly, and now it's like, nope, bitch, sit down. Nope, sit down. Because <laughs> it shows the limitations as to what he what he would normally do. was like, yeah, I'm going to fly away. Well, nope, you can't here. You can't. People had issues with Zod being the first uh, villain in the, in the Superman movie. I did. I thought it made sense. Yeah, fight your own kind. It's it's more of a yeah, it's it, more of a, a, a stronger story and a more personal story when you this man has no family, no idea who he is. But the once he finally meets them, he has to destroy family. them. They're his, but yeah, they're his family. That's basically his family. Like my family's dead, but these guys are my family. But yeah. oh wait, they want to take over. So yeah, and it's and that's one of the things about you know the 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 death that happens is. Is that's why he's that's why in that's, the next it's, movie it's he's emo. More pa- it, it's more powerful. Yeah, I finally got to find my people and the, the planet I'm from, and I had to destroy them. And now, I mean, imagine how you would feel yeah. being alone, finding you have people, and then I have to kill them now. And that's gonna play a good, you know, mind fuck on you. Oh, she just destroys those soldiers. Ooh. I love that. Like I said, we don't we don't see we don't see a face, we don't see anything about that that big guy. So I it, Nan's who I I'm gonna call him. I'll call him Nan as well. And, Z- right. and Zach Snyder, if you don't like it, you know, here's asylum.com. You can reach us at any time. Let us know what his real name is. <laughs> yeah, please. I'll pl- I'll post it on Vero like yeah. you always do. It's not going to make a hill of beans. Yeah, Chris, no, no, no shooting. No shoot. Waste of bullets. But I like how he has a rivalry with Fury. It's just yeah, like a small thing. Yeah. That, that, it's like it, a small little thing that begins and then it ends. It's like yeah. you have these certain little scenes that begin and it's like, oh, okay. That train destruction is awesome. Sorry. <laughs> oh. That tells you that they're both, they with that knife, that they're both soldiers. They both yep. know yeah. what... Doesn't matter what world you're from. Soldier's a soldier. Soldier's a soldier, yeah. It's a good day to die. And he doesn't care. I think in a weird way, she sort of of respects him, so. Yeah. She respects him more than she does Clark, actually. (laughs) Big time, Just because of that, that, yeah, you're, you're a weakling. And you're, and, you're, and you're willing to, yeah, you're willing to go against me. <laughs> a fucking train flying through the air. <laughs> just <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> the special effects for the uh, the face guards, amazing, by the yeah. way. Did that ship just fly right through that A-10? I think it did. It didn't shoot at it. It just it flew did. through it. It just flew right through it. <laughs> I'm driving here. Move. Cobra Rattlers, by the way. Yeah, the A-10s, yep. Yeah. Again, I'm telling you, man, that, that would be perfect for a Blue Beetle ship. Oh, man. oh my God. 
do, do a blue do a blue beetle so. and, I, and I booster. I did not think about that till now. <laughs> There's non taking away Fury, by the way. All right, all right, Hollywood. If you take anything away, a blue beetle and booster film using those ships. There you go. That's <sighs> that. You can take that. You don't have to go far. You have the concepts already. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. It's right there. Oh. You know, I will have to tell you, I was a little upset on Superman Returns, the way they redid the the S logo. It was small. This one, it was I, it's, it, this one was different, and I was okay with this one. I don't. It was. It. You know what? It's more profound. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like, hey, like to me, it was more obscure. Superman Returns. It's like, okay, but um. All right, it's kind of small. This one almost had like a tribal feel to it, and I think that's probably yes. the, 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 the 90s dude in me, you know? We, we all were about the tribal shit back in the day, and I think that might be one of the reasons I I like this one a little bit better. I would agree. Oh, Sears, that's why you're going out of business. You had a train go through your one of your stores. That's yeah, what's happening. that's what began the whole thing. <laughs> Fucking Superman. Damn, Superman took, destroyed Sears. Took, took Sears out of business. Blame Superman for the whole uh, thing, man. You're not getting your dishwasher tomorrow because of Superman. <laughs> See the the look with Maroney right now and and Superman right. I'm sorry, I forgot his his name in the in the movie, but it's just like these small things, like the yeah. head nod. The respect again. The, that that respect. It's, 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 it's not our anime. The head nod is one of those. The head nod is one of those things. Is like if you, if you're a dude and you know the other dude and you're in a bar or in a club. And you don't know the guy, but you look at him and he looks at you. What do you do? The head nod. Like, all right, cool. I love this. Mom is picking up the. F- <laughs> Mom's trying to clean the house. <laughs> there's up. a tractor sitting in it. And there's a tractor sitting in it. Like, there's there's nothing going on. It's okay. You know, I wish I I don't know I I don't know if it really if it should have been Chris's character or um I, I can't remember the gentleman's name that plays the general that should have been Lang's dad because their General Lang is in you know in there and I almost I think I think it would have been better if that was Chris's role be more of a as, as, as not Lang? General Lang but as like maybe Colonel Lang he's not quite a general yet uh, I think that would have been kind of cool to have that that kind of the connection. Uh, because there, there's, there's that, yeah, there's that yeah. one drive that you know through, through the you know inner threading weave of of you know the Superman mythos is, you know, his girlfriend, love interest. He's always at odds with the father. I love these uniforms. I, I know I keep saying that, but just the design of this, it's very geeky. I have to find out who designed these costumes. Well, what's going to begin now is the longest battle scene probably in all of comic book history. That's right. Zod's come to fuck shit up. 41 minutes. Yeah, once he he says release the world engine, guess what? It's happening. Now, 
as I've said before, I love this movie, but there is one thing that I don't like. And it's coming up very shortly. And it involves the world engine. Because I believe there's two Well, of them, right? there are ones on one side of the world and the other one. So that's yeah, what they're yeah. sending the signal through the pole. Uh, okay, okay. Well, the other one I have an issue with. Which one? I felt that the one at, the one in the, the ocean or the one the one of the the one in the ocean that Superman actually fights with the tentacles and crap. That's the one I have issues with. Okay. Yeah, I I think that whole scene you could have cut it out. Uh, maybe I mean you could probably could have, but the, you're missing the the destruction. I think that was that yeah, was the. But you had an, you had enough destruction coming from Metropolis. You didn't need this. The only thing this scene shows is like how oh Superman has to overcome fucking tentacles from the world engine. It's like okay, like this scene is powerful. Look at that, which actually they flashbacked in Batman v Superman. Like, can you imagine that? Look at that. People are freaking out. So at this point, Bruce Wayne is driving around in Metropolis. Not yet. No. Not yet. He doesn't start driving around until... He doesn't get there until they... I think it's right about there. No, he doesn't get there until the until they, they fly the ship in. Okay. Like the the ship that, uh, that, that Chris and Lois are on. Special effects, amazing yeah. on this scene. Oh, my God. But yeah, no, yeah, he gets there like just as I think that the ship flies in to destroy the one in Metropolis is when he gets there. I mean, he is there for a while because some of the things happen like progressively really quick. See, I, I could have done without this. I mean, that's my opinion, but. Like, the Metropolis scene is more powerful yeah. than the one at the sea. Like, it's just like, okay, the world ended just blowing something at sea. Great. But Metropolis, people are fucking dying. The cars are lifting up in the air. Well, I, I, think the, I think the reason is, and they just said it a little bit ago, the world engine is the is the main one. When they said that Zod's ship is now the slave to the world engine. So that means if he tried to destroy the one at you know in Metropolis, it wouldn't have done much. They had to destroy the main one. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the reasoning behind it. I know you, yeah. You know, I, I, I see where you're saying, but I think that was their their thought behind well, it. To me, it's like a stretch. I mean, I get your what your explanation, but it's just to me like. Oh, the first time and only time they mentioned Superman. Yep, that's it. Yep, that is it. He's not even named. He's just. By the way, that's Harry Lennox as the general. And um, Harry Lennox is on the blacklist. Great show, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, he does a great job on oh. on the blacklist. He's been in a bunch of other ones. I mean, he's 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 a solid character actor. Oh, he's so good. One of my favorite things from from Harry Lennox is when he read a verse from The Dark Knight Returns when they were announcing. Batman v Superman the Comic Con. I got choked up when he did that. 
I mean, he he would be one for um for uh, to play um, in the gargoyles. No gargoyles, or even dark side too. Ooh. I mean, if, Ooh, if I, I didn't even think of. Ooh, I mean, he's he he's would. got the voice for it. Yeah, he would be good at in gargoyles, huh? You know, if if David Keith's not up for it, or Keith He'll David, or yeah, David I mean, Keith or Keith David, whatever, <laughs> he'll he'll do it. I forgot. Either way, you're right. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he's not up for it, then you you got other things. Oh yeah, Commander Locke. That's that's what I think. That's where I remember him most from. Um, from Matrix, he was Commander Locke. Was he Commander Locke? Oh, that's right. Yep. He 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 um. He was he was, was one the one. Of, on he Zion, love, right? Yeah, yeah. He was the love interest yeah. of a uh, Morpheus's ex. Yep. Ah. Uh, that's what. That's where he sticks out the most for me. Good Lord, we tie everything to the Matrix. Yep. <laughs> the thing about it is I love how in awe they are of him flying. It's like, holy crap, this guy could fly? All right. This scene, powerful. People dying, buildings lifting. Cars going in the air. Holy crap. Oh, boy. I love the uh, CGI on the cape, by the way. I think it works so good. It just shows how, how far we've gotten in special effects. That's why with, uh, with what, what we've got now in special effects and what I see people doing, I want to see Spawn. Because the cape on Spawn, and especially like what they did for Doctor Strange and his cape, mm. I think a cape mm. for Spawn right now would be like, just because it would be its own fucking character. Well, Bloomhouse is going to do it, so... Yeah, I can't. I just... We'll see. I mean, I'm not... Don't take don't take anything away from the 90s. I thought they, they did a great job for their time. For what they had, For yes. what they had, what they did to that cape, amazing. But what they're doing now, just stupid. I love this. Even the consciousness knows. Stop it, Todd. Again, not wrong. All right. Now, this is the scene that I have problems with. This whole, I guess, 10 minutes that this happens when he's fighting the world engine on the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. It's, to me, unnecessary. The only thing you're doing right now is you're just showing off your CGI. Like, oh, it's a giant spider. Look at that. Tentacles. It's, it's what? A giant spider in a Superman giant movie? Giant spider. I don't think that would yeah. work. Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> Giant spider? No. No way. I think what, not only just the story of the, the world 
this is the world, you know, builder, um, but or the world engine. But I think it also gives it time for this scene with Perry and Lisa. I think her name was or Jenny. No, I think it's Jenny. Jenny and yeah, that, and then uh, this guy here, Tom, who I thought should have been a bigger dick because he in the in the comic books he's a sports guy. He's he's the, he's the uh, the arrogant dude. But I think that the part of this that him fighting us was to extend the storyline out because this needed to be had needed to be seen because you need that edge of your seat like oh my god what's going to happen what's going to happen I could have done without this though I mean I get it but I don't like this show me more Metropolis like people are terrified they're running for their lives I think people had an issue with this because it was so graphic. It was like, look, this is what, this is what could happen. This ain't bullshit. There's aliens coming. They're destroying your city. They're fucking shit up. I now, thought Bruce. Bruce should should be flying over right now. He's he's not there yet. Like I said, n- not until okay. Chris and that and that jet crash in there. That's when Bruce shows up. Because if you remember, he gets off the helicopter, looks up, and he sees the ship. The plane crashing or the or the main ship exploding. That's dude. That right there is frightening. Can you imagine that? That is a building falling right now. Yep. That is frightening. People have issue with this because because it's, it's so so close to reality. It's too close. It's, it's scary. T- it's too close. Too close. Oh no! What? It's and really it's too close. It's too close to nine eleven. Like that. That's one yes. of the areas is that is and that people are scared about. It, and I and I understand. Yeah, completely get it. Yeah. Because I lost a friend there also. But you know what? It's just, it just adds to the whole movie. <laughs> he said package. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're such a kid. What are you, 12? 11 and a half, man. Come on. Jesus, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like this conversation because it, it adds like a finality. To, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, a finality to their conversation before in Krypton. It's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. But hey, the, the, both sides make sense. It's rare in a movie that the villain and the hero, you know, they don't have any viewpoints that are similar, but they both make sense. Zod makes sense, and Jordan makes sense. Now this whole, like I said, this is not my favorite thing right now. This to me is like CGI porn. They they need a little bukkake time. I mean, you gotta gotta give it to them. Nice, by the way. <laughs> but even as a Superman fan, you have to admit this makes no sense. No, it doesn't. I, like I said, I think it was it was their way of pausing and letting other parts of the story breathe. 
you have to go, well, where, where's, where the hell Superman been to make that scene with, with Perry and Jen. Comes, yeah, you're right. yeah, I mean, you need to let that breathe because if not, people are going to be going, well, where the fuck was Superman during this whole time? Why, why wasn't he there helping Lois in the ship? But, or why wasn't but, he there helping but, Jenny get out of that thing? This this scene is frightening. It's scary. Yeah. Help me. I'm trapped underneath the building. I'm going to die. Nah, just that. Look at that. And, and he's calling him out. He's like, come on, pussy. Sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> it's all right. I've already topped a couple. Don't worry. <laughs> to, 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 to our female, you know, listeners, I'm sorry, but no offense. But look, she's look at look at her eyes. She's terrified. They're going to die. Of course, they would be like this. I've got you. Take the blue pill. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, Matrix will just unplug us and reboot us to something else. Neo will save us. There he is, flying up to the... <laughs> Neo, oh God. Like, it just... I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. This scene, I just don't give a shit. He blew up the world engine. Yay. Great. Hey, guess what, asshole? We need you in Metropolis, by the way. Help. He'll get there. I don't understand. You got, you got, you know, that, that dramatic entrance. Superman's a queen, all right? He needs that dramatic entrance. Oh, he's a diva. <laughs> oh, really? You don't say. Why do you think him and Batman get along so well? It's, it's, it's that, I mean, Batman, Batman's all about the, about the dressing up. That's different, <laughs> sir. I love that. Ah. Oh. That is a great line. Because right there he chose. When he said that line, he's like, look, Krypton had its chance. Now, I'm going to reference a comic book that Mike hasn't... I don't think Mike... Have you read it yet? Probably not, but uh, I'll mention it in a little bit. That I have read, like, there was only like 20 issues of, but... um, And if you want to buy me a birthday gift... Miracle Man issue 16, by the way. Thank you. It's only 40 bucks. Thank you. Sydney, Steve, Mike. Contribute to the uh, Thanatos Kane Christmas fund. I would like Miracle Man issue 16. So you were saying, though, before, before you uh, were trying to bribe people to buy you a comic book <laughs> what was the connection no it's it, it, the connection is coming up very oh, shortly okay okay yeah yeah i'm just trying oh, to okay. like you know drop subtle hints oh there's nothing make subtle sure about that just saying that just that was like yeah no, just just make sure yeah. it's in plastic and hardcover yeah, that's... just make sure you can want it rated too i mean let me well if you can get alan moore to sign it i mean that'd be it no i know i didn't say sign, i didn't say sign i said rated. Hey. Do you need it rated do you need the the coat the coating on it Hey, while you're doing it, why not? 
Christmas. Oh. I love Chris Money as an actor. Yeah, he was one of those extra extra ones because you you don't see him do movies. No, you know, to, and to see him which, to come in to do this one, like to me, I was which like, is okay. a, which is a shame. It's a shame. I remember when they first introduced Maroney in his in his cast, they thought, oh, he's going to be Lex Luthor. That would have been interesting. interesting. That would, yeah, that would have been. Actually, I wouldn't mind that one. Better than what we got. Oh, sorry. Was that out loud? I'm so sorry. That's supposed to be an internal voice. Um, No, you're right. <laughs> there are parts of Jesse Eisenberg that I like, and there are parts that I absolutely despise. The, the Lex Luthor part I don't didn't like. You know what's funny? The, the first version he played off Lex Luthor was at the end credit scene of Justice League. <laughs> that was yeah. it. That was it. I love... Uh, Yeah, that that twitchy that twitchiness of him. You know, Lex Lex wasn't twitchy or, you know, Lex was Lex was certain. Yeah, he like, was. If you yeah. Watch, if you want to watch a, a clinic on on who, how to be Lex Luthor besides um, Gene Hackman, watch John Cryer and Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, those are the guys you, especially John Cryer recently. Oh my God, Ducky. Yeah. I remember I texted Captain Mike one night. I was like, "Hey, you have to watch John Cryer as Luther." Yeah, even Rosenbaum's like, he's like, man, he's like, no, no, they, John, John's hitting it. Like, I, I was shocked how good he was. Yeah, when I first saw the casting, I was like, really? Okay. But I mean, because the last because the last thing I saw, man, was like two and a half men doing you know, comedy. Yeah, me too. And I was like, he's gonna be Luther, and I was like, nah. But then when I saw it, I was like, oh. Now, this is Miracle Man, issue 15 and 16. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Alan Moore wore, I think he wrote a, I think it was a 20-issue run on Miracle Man. Miracle Man is basically, he's almost like Shazam. There's a kid Miracle Man and Miracle Man. There's like Miracle Woman, but... And Kid Miracle Man just basically destroys the world. And there's heads on pikes and all that stuff. And Miracle Man has to stop them. I think Captain Mike has seen the t-shirts that I've worn. And it's very reminiscent of what's going to happen now. Of this epic battle. Okay, now now Bruce is there now, all right? This is, well, I'm asking you. This is a scene where, where you see the, the, the light... The, the blaze going through the building. Yes. This is yeah. So he's already. There. Oh, that's that's it. That's that, it. Yeah. Yes, so he's yes, standing. Yes, yeah, he's standing okay. down there watching this happen. So yeah, he's he's there now. 
that's what I said when you watch him at the beginning of the movie and th- certain things are happening they happen quicker like like he's watching the building fall over now you know they happen a lot quicker than you know the, the, the timing's a little off LexCorp on the gas trucks. And you also see a Wayne. I think of a Wayne on one of the buildings. And also back behind them during their fight, you should see one one of the signs that says keep calm. Batman's here. <laughs> I have no idea why he decided to crawl up the building. I mean, you, you can fly. I'm not quite on that. Sure on that one. Another LexCorp reference on that building. Now, this is the biggest issue I guess everybody had with this film. Is the destruction of crypto uh, metropolis? Yeah, I'm sorry. no, I said Krypton before too. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sorry, my, my bad. <laughs> yeah, like I said, yeah, that was one of the one of the big things. It's that that there was that, so, so much destruction. This, this is the biggest hatred, and like, which these are two super powered beings. They can destroy this whole planet. Both yeah, of them. but it's weird. Everybody's gut reaction. I, I mentioned this earlier. Everybody's gut reaction on this was like, "Oh, that doesn't make sense." It was all destruction, blah blah blah. But yet, when you watch, like I was saying, Avengers Ultron, they pick up a city. They don't just in here. They destroy a few buildings throughout the city. They don't destroy the whole city. In Age of Ultron, they lift a building or a whole city up and destroy it. Well, they they save the people. They save the people again, but there's not complete and total destruction. There's I'm sure there's some deaths here. We don't we don't the, get a, a count, but it's just it's so funny as everybody's more acceptable over the Avengers lifting a whole city and destroying that. And people can't compared to this, this yeah. Well, it's, this this movie came out first. I think this movie geared people towards that, like kind of like we somebody had to make the first move. They did it. They and and they and they, and they took the brunt of the arguments and of the, of the. That's the thing about DC, which gets hatred. They take risks, and then people don't like it. Like, oh, I don't see this. This is not my Superman. This would never happen. He would take him to Smallville and fight him, like in the middle of a cornfield. Wayne Satellite. Spins, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna let you know something if you haven't seen this. But Superman has been Superman for exactly twenty. Four hours at this point. Yeah, at least yeah, twenty-four to forty-eight. Right. Yeah, he is basically the greatest American hero right now. All right. Oh, and here's another scene from Justice or from a Batman vs Superman. Oh yeah. Sees him flying. Oh, here he comes. I have the T-shirt, by the way. What? Zod. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I have, to, I have two versions, by the way. I'm gonna buy a third one. I love this. Like, the fighting in the sky is amazing! When people shit on this, like, if you have, if you watch Shazam, they do, like, a slight little thing in the fight in the sky, but this is, like, this is the fight that I wanted for so yeah. long. Like, is this, this is a comic book panel right now. They're fighting in the sky. Yeah, when I, I think, I'm going to go back to Matrix. Honestly, the the one scene with, uh, I think it's in the, the third Matrix, Agent Smith and Neo, they're fighting in the sky. It wasn't. It, it, it had its ugly parts to it because you know the CG was still kind of new, but when I saw that and I saw them flying and just swinging at each other, I was like, "Superman! They need to do Superman again and get this right because they were right there. They were knocking on that door." Like this fight scene is going to be tough to over, like to to ever do again because look at it. You had a pretty good shot with um, Shazam. There was some good. Yeah, but it was close. But it's, it's yeah. Not oh this. no, it's it not, it's not, not it's not on the epic scale of this. It's no. Shazam was more it's, smaller, you know, stuck within a few city blocks. Scale, but this is like destructive. Like yeah. this is like we're destroying buildings. I'm crashing you against the fucking windows. Like you're getting messed up. I'm getting messed up. I love this. They're fighting in the sky. They're fighting in space. There's the Wayne satellite, by the way. Yep. Now, where's Bruce at this point, you think? Bruce is just about ready to save that little, little girl, girl because okay, when okay. he's hugging her, he looks up and he sees them coming from the sky. The oh. the, 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 like the little meteors things falling from. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well done, sir. I love the music, by the way. So, Here yeah. So, yeah. Like, yeah, at that point, yeah, he's holding and. So right, at this folks. at this moment, Bruce Bruce is deciding that Superman needs to die, and in the meantime, Superman is sacrificing his only people. So now, when I saw this in the theater, when people saw this, they got pissed. When I saw it, I clapped. Yeah, because it made sense. Yeah, it did. How's he going to stop? He's like, him? you know what? How's he like, going to stop? Can him? you can you put him in prison? No. Can you put him in Blackgate? No. no. He's going to kill them. He doesn't care. He's like, no, I'm not going to stop. And I love how Lois witnessed it. Because Lois is like, hey, you you were right. And he, he didn't want to do nope. it. He even cries. That's like his brother. Well, not his brother, but his fellow countryman. Yeah. Look, he's like I said, it's, it's he the last of his people. He is officially now alone. That's why he's mad. He did not want to do it. And not only that, he, you know, he was, it was something that a personal code probably of his, you know, something, especially his dad probably ingrained in him. But he had no other choice. Sometimes you have to be, uh, you get put to that, he to didn't that test. Wanna, look, 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 he didn't want to do it. He did not want to do it. He's broken. He's like, fuck, this is my, my dude, my planet. Like I, I basically killed my brother. And here's this chick, you know, hey. And she gets it. Every guy deserves a chick like that. Well, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> <Love> this part. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yep. Was. I love this line. Kansas, man. Yeah. I like that. On my own terms, man. It's okay. Very Batman-like, by the way. Just saying. It's okay. Serious, serious shirt. Yeah. Ferris, so yeah. The, oh, that is. Fa- oh yep. shit. Yeah, I'm telling you. That's, that's they, not Carol. No, that's not, they, they, they never me- mention her first name. They just you just see Ferris. I just think it's just a nice little. It's a nod. You know, it's a yeah, nod. it's just a good it's little not- Easter egg. Because it could be her. I mean, she was you know in the service of, of sorts. It's kind of hot. <laughs> Check moment. Just dig it. Oh shit! I'm, I'm just rewinding it. I'm looking at Ferris again. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. My bad. And again, probably like the one of the most heartbreaking moments we've had. Like little heart tugs, but when she says, "You know, your dad has seen you already," and it's like it goes back to him oh. being a kid. I mean, it just like that one just tears at the Damn. heartstring. Because, yeah, he's already seen you in a red cape, seen you, you know, jumping around, doing stuff. He's already yeah, seen you. Yeah, he does. It adds that emotional. Yeah. Again, because Kevin Costner didn't have to say a freaking word. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the thing about this, like, I wonder, maybe people have actually pondered, like, at this point, is he mimicking Batman with the red cape? Uh, because- uh, no, because right, I think Batman's. He's been that, around he's, like he's been like is he ten years or twenty years older than him? I don't know, God. Well, twenty That's, years. Like, so I've Batman heard, would I've, maybe ten. Maybe ten. I don't know. Maybe because he calls him son in that one scene. Listen here, son. Well, what what did Alfred say? Twenty years of all the twenty years in Gotham and all the yeah. So maybe I mean maybe, but again, Batman when he started wasn't known. It wasn't he like he was making newspaper headlines i mean even now 20 years they're like they still don't believe that he's real yeah so i don't know if, if a kid in kansas would know about him poor guy he has courtside seats man I like this. Welcome to the very fitting. Yep, and they su- and they stuck to the big baggy clothes to, for Clark because Clark always had baggier clothes to hide his physique and made him more like frumpy looking. And Man of Steel, so yeah. And that is Man of Steel, and I think once again after seeing it for like the hundredth time, I still love it. I, there's still scenes like I I can dissect. Especially with Captain Mike, that we can just sit here and we can talk about for like hours and hours and hours, but it never gets bad. To me, it's one of those movies that gets better at over time. 
and you understand, like, if you're a true comic book fan or just understand reading and the nature of Superman and just like the nature of change, it makes so much sense. Like, you had a, like, basically, you had a, like, the biggest complaint of Superman Returns was like, oh, he didn't fight nobody. Okay. There's John Peters, by the way. That's who we were talking about. <laughs> but, um, in this movie, we basically talked about. You know, like Superman fought people. He destroyed a city, like Wazad, and like, oh, well, you know, we're 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 changing instead of stuff around. It's like you have to change stuff. You can't make Superman the way he was. Yeah. He's not Donner. You have to adapt him. Like, and to me, he was more grounded in this movie. Like, it made him more relatable to me. Like, you know what? Okay, like the Christ-like thing is kind of like you know, it's subjective. But that's something that's always been there for him, though. But that's yeah, that, that he's always been that kind of like that Jesus character. But that's fine. It's just that's him. Yeah, and and like I said, I mean, you and I have talked about this, and I've always been very adamant about changing things about you know about them. Just stay true to the source material. Write a story around the source material. Don't you don't have to change the essence of that character to to be hip and to show diversity you can still show those things and still stay close and true to the source material and that's just this is a prime example they stayed close to their source material a few tweaks here and there but and it was a story that we hadn't really seen before and it was it was great but yet we have the uh the 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 idiots of the internet you know took slammed it so well it's it's like it's almost like last like this movie's so similar to Last Jedi. It's oh yeah, there's so much, crazy. yeah, so much to it. So much symbolism in this movie, The Last Jedi. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Because people hate change, and that's the thing. Like, oh, that's not my Superman. That's not my Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Luke's. That's yeah. That, and again, there's with Luke. I can understand. I, I can kind of go with that, uh, but I, I stick to my 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 theory of you know we all have our own Luke Skywalker in our own head because we all grew up in a, in different playgrounds and 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 had different ideas about what Luke is and what he's turned into, but Superman has seventy five years of stories of different types of Superman. Like I said, Superman first came out, he wasn't all powerful. He couldn't fly. He leaped tall buildings in a single bound. You know the you know you know the story. So. There were, that was a different Superman than what the Superman is we have now. There was the Superman in the 90s who was all-powerful, who was borderline a god. And then you have the ones from the 70s. And there are so many different versions of Superman that you can't be upset that you're getting a different Superman in the story. You know, And again, he's addressing things that as an adult and as an adult in our world now, where our worldviews have changed to how – where we handle things have changed, you our superheroes need to change too to to kind of let us connect to them. To, exactly, they have to adapt. They can never stay this the same way they where they are. Nope. It's almost like, which is kind of crazy. The next movie that follows this, which hopefully we'll do soon, Batman v Superman. It's like Batman is a broken guy. He's broken. He lost his like. I guess they mentioned that he lost Dick Grayson, which I hope that's not true. Or Jason Todd. He's like, he's a broken guy. He's like, he's he's doing things that he normally wouldn't do. Why? Because he's been influenced. Yeah. He's been he's been through some shit. So of course he's gonna be bitter. Of course he's gonna be angry. Of course he's gonna do all those things. I don't mind that. And, That's life. And, and we've seen we change, yeah, we and we we've seen that bat we've seen Batman change so much over the years. It's not even funny. You know, he was the dark and cowl one. Then to lighten things up, they brought Robin in. Then, you know, there was Robin there for a while, then Robin left, and then Jason came in, and then 
he went away and that Batman was a dark and, and you know was was very anti associating with anybody. And you see that with him and his relationship with the Justice League. You see that with yeah. in Batman Beyond, his relationship with Terry. I don't need you, but we're gonna do this together kind of thing. And it's exactly you know, it's, you're you're Mike, you're such on point. It like yes. Yes. It's like he's an outcast, like look. I need you, but I don't need you. But I, I need you, but I do. It's just like I'm going to monitor from afar. Like, look, I could take the suit away any time, but you know what? Hey, I'm here. Yeah, if you ever, if anybody ever gets a chance to read, like, the, the Batman Beyond comic book, and you see it somewhere in the show, you know, Terry, when Terry has a feeling, he's following that gut detective instinct that he's honed, you know, working with Bruce. There are times when Bruce is like, no, no, don't go. I will turn that suit off right now if <laughs> And there, but like he's st- he's still Batman, yeah, but he's not. Yeah, and there's times that he won't turn the suit off because he's like, all right, I can't be, I can't be an ass. Let me see what the kids got, and he'll let him go off and do his thing. But one of the better series that came out after, like, uh, I don't think people have actually watched Batman Beyond, but if you get a chance to watch it, please watch it. It's it's, it's very uh, underrated. It's just like one of those things like you didn't think could work, but it does work yep. a lot. Check it out. It's on uh, DC Universe. They've got it out on HD four. The in fact just released that, so definitely check that out. Yes, sir. So uh, I guess we should do some. Yeah. I'm gonna give you. Uh, so what do you think, Man of Steel? Once again, watching it always, third, fourth time. Always, man. I have yet to find anything I dislike enough to make bad comments. It it's, does its job and does it great. Okay, I guess my closing comments would be this: um, Man of Steel is definitely a movie that would definitely worth to watch. Definitely adds to the Superman mythos. And as a Batman fan, I I highly recommend this movie to watch it. Please watch it. Don't crap on it until you watch yeah. it and just understand it. And just, you know, please, from the Heroes Asylum, give it a shot. Yep. And don't forget, this is the introduction to the DCU. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Well, we will see you guys next time. Uh, don't forget, check out heroesasylum.com with all of our links to everything we do. Yep. Instagram and Twitter. And um, as always, get to the asylum. <laughs>